All right, so, hey, friends. Um, how are we doing this morning? How are you doing? You're doing fa- I got a fantastic. Show of thumbs, how are you doing right now? You get thumbs up, thumbs middle, thumbs down. Doing okay. Um, so, hey, let's, as, as these pens go out, um, I just want to start there. How are you, and how do you actually know how you are doing? Um, church, this can be kind of a dangerous thing that we're doing right now. I say this often, but um, it, it can be dangerous that we get together and we worship and we sing songs that are familiar and we get together and we hear a message that maybe we say we've already heard before. And we just, over and over again, when we repeat things, and when things become pattern, sometimes they can lose their power. And so often, like... This is kind of dangerous because we can feel like, I've already heard it. Um, and, and David, in Psalm 139, he prays a very powerful prayer, like the most powerful prayer you could ever pray. And it's, he prays, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive, wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Have you heard that prayer? Anybody heard that prayer before? Uh, you got it on a coffee mug somewhere? Yeah, so the thing about that prayer, which is kind of crazy, David, the, the, the psalmist, he, he's saying, search me, God. And that's kind of weird, because, like, doesn't God know everything, right? You're like, I know the Sunday school answer. God knows everything. Um, so why is David praying for God to search him? Um, and that's kind of, before we kind of get into what we're going to get into today, I just wanted to start there. That I think that David prays for God to search him, because I think the person that we lied to, most often is ourself. And we don't really know how we are doing. And how do we usually know how we're doing? You kind of compare yourself to somebody else. Um, I love the, because when uh, David is doing this thing here where some of us do it and we're like, hey, how'd I do? And we're kind of fishing for compliments here. Anyone ever do that? They fish for compliments and approval? No, no one does that. Great. That's like what Instagram is created for. How am I doing? Tell me. How am I doing? How do I look? Like, 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 like. And then we actually have this behavioralism, and so we post things to get more likes. And so that's why we're posting pictures of ourselves without shirts on and bikinis, because we want people to like us. And we've trained, our minds have been trained to get more likes we post those things. Anyways, cool. We'll go on a rant about that later. Um, But we're asking through social media, how am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? And people like and give comments. Um, Here's the thing. When David asks, how am I doing? He is not asking for someone to affirm him. He's actually honestly asking, God, show me the crud. Show me what's going on. Get beneath the surface. Um, And often we don't do that. We're really good at calling out other people's crud, right? In this room, we could go on a rant. Like, dude, tell me what's going on with this person. You you, you could tell me everything that's wrong with the person sitting next to you. Um, And sometimes we do that to each other. It's called gossip. Shut it down. Um, but we often don't know how we're really doing. Um, and so some of us, our life kind of reminds me of uh, this video. So you can, uh, you can ch- tune in here. Ever once inspired me. I, I may have only seen maybe one or two episodes at the most. I'll admit, I'm not a big fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you then uh, an American Idol? Because I can hit the high pitch notes. I think I am what they're looking for. It's not that many redheads you see on TV this day and age. It's true. That's right. <laughs> it looks like Carrot Top, sort of. But you know something? Everyone says I'm way cooler than him. 
You can take it down. Oh, shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> so, um, that, that, that is amazing. Um, I, I really appreciate, first of all, give it up for their confidence. Um, most people in this room wouldn't even go on the show because you're too scared. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot I can say about that. But I, I do love the idea that, like, these, he, he goes in there and he's like, he compares himself to, like, Freddie Mercury. Like, he thinks, like, that's how legit he is. And you think, oh, this is, he's faking it. He, no, no, no. No, no. He legit feels like he's awesome. And there are times... Again, for us, we feel like we're rocking it, and we're awesome, and we're doing great. But really, our life looks like that. Isn't that wild? This is why we need mentors. This is why you have counselors in your life, because they hear when your pitch gets off. And they hear when things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they hear it, and sometimes we do, uh, we, we don't laugh. Sometimes we are very concerned, because we're watching these trains that are about to hit, and we're saying, shoot, they don't even see. They can't even hear. Um, so sometimes we need people to help us hear when our pitch gets off. Um, anyways, uh, Jeremiah 17.9, uh, there's a couple of scriptures here, but it, it says, uh, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You hear people say, follow your heart. Just do what your heart says. No, false. Your heart produces lies. It's broken. Maybe you can kind of hear a little bit. Maybe you can hit the pitch like a few times, but um, it, it's broken. Um, and so, as we go into what we're talking about today, I just wanted to start with that. That often we don't really know how we're doing, and we need to ask God, show me. Show up, show me what's really going on. And so, I just wanted to begin with that, and we're going to pray, and we're going to get into um, what we're talking about today. Um, so God, I pray that you would be a good like doctor, a good physician, that you would come into our heart, and that you would cut deeper than our defenses, that you would cut um, past all the, the, I'm great and everything's fine, and that you would actually show us what's going on in our heart. Um, because us thinking that we're great 
is the enemy of telling a good story. Um, so we, we pray that. Jesus, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? Amen? Amen. Amen. You can put that as your first point. Pride. So I'm great. I'm awesome. I'm the best. Well, can you grab that whiteboard and pull it out? Um, pride is the enemy of growth, right? If you think you're awesome and never take any advice from your coaches, will you ever get better? No. Pride is the enemy of growth. Someone said yes. You have bad coaches. Pride is the enemy of growth, your relationship with God, and having a good story. Um, and that's kind of where we started. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about one of those areas that we want to look at in our life, and that is this idol of control. Um, I put, um, something becomes an idol when we give it more attention, energy, and focus than God. So, also, we have a new whiteboard that's being brought out, which is very neat. You guys can put it right here. It's very, it's very heavy. It could hurt a small child. Um, so, you guys can leave it right there. That's great. Um, cool. Uh, control. And, um... We have a lot of things in our life that are outside of our control. Some of us, we've had things happen in our story that we had no control over. You had people who hurt you, and and there was nothing that that you did. You're a victim of other people's hurt. We say hurting people hurt people. So whenever you're like, get hurt by someone, you know that they're hurt, and that's why they're hurting you. And so a lot of us, we've been hurt, and there are things outside of our control in our life. And often, when we don't have things go our way, or how we planned it, we, we grab on for more control. And um, control idolatry is a spiral. You can write down spiral right there. It's a spiral because when you figure out you can't control, often, I mean, you might just say, all right, I can't control. I'm going to lay down and watch Netflix. You know, I can't do anything, and I have no responsibility. That's, that's a really bad option. No, you do have control over your life. There are things that you, you have responsibilities that you should do. But there's some things that we... Control is an idol, and we focus on it, and it drives us to a point where when we don't have control and something doesn't go our way, what do we do? We grasp on harder, and the harder that you try to control something and manipulate something, the more you realize you can't control it, and the more you realize you can't control it, the more you grasp harder, and the more you grasp harder, you realize you can't control it, and the more, and it's just this spiral of control. Um, and uh, so, I mean, and basically, I kind of imagine it as like, if you've, like you've seen those cars where there's like a kid's steering wheel in the back of the car, and, right, and the kid, like sometimes they think they're actually steering this car, which is like, I don't know if kids actually think that, maybe. Um, it's ridiculous, right? This is a play steering wheel in the, the back seat of the car, and we have an illusion of control, and there's moments in our life where we realize we really don't have control. Right? We think we do, and then the earthquake happens. And then, like, you know what happens when the earthquake? Vicky's, we're sitting on the couch, we're watching, um, what's that show? Not Stranger Things, no. What is the thing we're rewatching, kind of? You're watching it, what? Veronica Mars, okay. You've never, anyways, it's, it's going to start again on Netflix, and we're watching it. I do not recommend the show, because I haven't really watched it. I sit there, but I don't really know what's happening. Uh, Anyways, so the, we're watching Veronica Mars. We're sitting on the couch, and like everything starts to shake. And this was the, uh, it's like the eight, eight o'clock one, like the one that was actually, the first one was the foreshock, and then there was the actual earthquake where you thought the first one was the earthquake, and then the earth was like, nope, just kidding. This is the real thing. And uh, so we're sitting there, and like I get up, and I'm like, okay, what do we got to do? We're going to go. And I start putting on my shoes, all this kind of stuff, and um, I'm running around, like, trying to figure out, you know. And also, okay, after this, I researched that you, sh- like, everyone's like, go in the doorway, go in the doorway. That's what you do. No, because people have, like, been, like, had their hands chopped off because they've stood in the doorway, and the door swings back and hits them. And so don't go in the doorway. I think you're supposed to, like, like crawl, hold on, 
just, anyways, I did it all wrong. And, and here's the thing. What could I have done? Here's the funny thing. Vicky turns to me. Vicky turns to me and she says, Joel, it's still going. She says, Joel, just, just sit down on the couch. So I just sat down on the couch, freaking out. Um, because here's the thing. Let's be honest. Like, I couldn't have done anything. Also, if I tried to do something, it probably would have hurt something. Uh, so I just sat down. But anyways, there's these moments where you think you have control over your life, and there's moments where you wake up and you say, well, shoot, I thought I had control, but really I don't. Scripture reminds us over and over again. Doug today talked about in, in the sanctuary. He said that our life, it's like a vapor, that we think that we have like 70, 80, 90 years, but like we have no idea, right? That, that, that we think we have control even over us having tomorrow, but really we don't. Um, and a lot of us, we um, have such a desire to control, but then we have moments where we realize, shoot, I can't control. Um, uh, symptoms that you might have control idolatry. Uh, your greatest fear is uncertainty. Your greatest fear is uncertainty, that you don't know what's going to happen next. Your greatest feeling is fear and anxiety. And I know that anxiety, um, that obviously it's also a medical term, anxiety is a symptom, and it could be a symptom of a lot of things. Um, but something that's interesting with anxiety, um, oops, first time it's been written on. Uh, someone showed me this once. The center of anxiety is I. And so it, like, we, we stress out about ourselves and, and our try, like, us trying to control things, and we ruminate on certain thoughts, and sometimes that can actually add to and instigate anxiety. Obviously, there's, there's, um, there's clinical anxiety and stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, but we have this fear and anxiety because we can't control. Um, I have a little description here. People who value control over God don't take risks. Because you, um, you, you don't want to take a risk. You, you might find it hard to trust others and even harder to trust God. In your heart, you may even believe that you can rescue and save yourself because people who have control, they want to basically control God. So if, if I'm good and go to church, then God will give me what I want, right? So who's really God in that scenario? Like it, God, God is basically Santa Claus, and right? You're in control. God is a butler in that situation. Um, we, uh, let's see. You want to be right um, to... To, to strive higher and improve everything, to be consistent with your ideals, to justify yourself, to be, on, to be beyond criticism. You, you want to control everyone's opinion of you if you have the idol of control. Um, you want to be self-reliant. You don't want anybody to help you. Um, yeah, you want to be the most important in the room. You want to dominate your environment, stay in control of every situation. You, don't, you find it hard to be spontaneous. Um, these are, might, might be some of the symptoms if you struggle with control. Um, cool, so I want to get your thoughts um, people who have the idol of control in their life. Um, what, might, what might that look like practically? Like how, how might you see that in their life? Turn to someone next to you and share. How might control and the idol for control, how might that show up practically in someone's life? Where might you see that? Okay, turn and talk just for like 10 seconds. All right, great job. Um, you might be sitting there and you're like, I have no idea, I was tuning out.
that's great because we have a community and as a community, let's put some thoughts up. So someone who struggles with control, what might be some examples of that? Okay, everyone likes them. So uh, yeah, yeah. So people pleaser. Yeah. So you're trying to manage other people's opinions of you. You ever kind of listen to see if someone's talking about you? What is that? That's really this desire to control what other people are thinking about you. Um, yep. M? Manipulative. Oh man, you're giving me big words here. How might you see that? Yep. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like a bully? Dang it. This could be shorter to write. <laughs> okay. That's kind of like, yeah, like emotional abuse. Cool. Forgive spelling. All right. Anybody else? Symptoms of control? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So that, that might be good. So, right, so there's like a dark side uh, and a light side to control. Like, um, so, yeah, maybe there's overconfidence or someone else said a better word. Arrogance. Shoot, okay. Arrogance. Dude, we should have Will up here. He's the English major. Um, Jordan. Oh, okay, you have to be right. You have to be right. Will really wanted to write. Um, <laughs> anybody else? You have to be right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so yeah, even maybe beneath like a exterior where they, they it might look like they have everything together, but they're really uncertain. Randall? Yeah. One-upsmanship, that's a word. <laughs> uh, yeah. What? Stubborn. stubborn, yeah, they're stubborn. Fev? Not it'll take criticism? Okay. Cool. Um, okay, I had um, that they... They might be afraid of community. I was talking to um, a student a couple weeks ago, and they're actually like um, kind of afraid to be a part of this community um, because there are people here um, where they feel like, you know what, I don't really like that person, or that person kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. And so, I mean, some of that could be true. You might be being bullied, and I don't want to like just say, okay, that's nothing, because we want to handle it. If there's any conflict, like we want to handle it um, and have forgiveness and reconciliation there. But also, if you're, if you're only like, I'm only going to hang out with those people if everyone likes me and I get along with everyone and everyone makes me feel great, that is not reality. That's a delusion, and that will lead you to living in your basement, right? Um, so um, that's not what you tell someone who says, hey, I'm having a trouble going to church because I don't like those people. Um, but maybe it could be beneath some of that. And even right now, maybe you feel kind of uncomfortable being in here. And maybe control idolatry might be beneath some of that because you just really want to have control over who um, is with you um, in, in community. Um, anybody else? Um. Cool. Yeah. 
maybe, maybe lashing out in anger. Um, I already said this, but trying to earn God's love um, is this idea of control. Uh, I saw this meme, and it was someone with a squirt gun. I was going to show you it. But it was someone with a squirt gun pointed at the sun, and the squirt gun was labeled good works, and the sun was labeled sin. And anyways, um, so it's funny, like, we try to, like, um, gain God's approval through doing good things, right? Uh, and if you're doing that, who is really God in that scenario? You are God. God is not God. You are manipulating God to give you things. Really, God's grace is given to you because he's in control. Um, so, yeah, any other thoughts? So, um, I just want to say this. This is not a, oh, I know those types of people. Again, if we want to act like David, and David said, God, where is control an idol in my life? God, where have I blown it? I know it. Here's the thing. It's always there. We are broken. And the moment you think that you're awesome and you're killing it, it's usually because you got a blind spot and you're about to like go into another lane and get just railed by a car. Um, here's the thing. They're called blind spots because we don't see them. And we need scripture to highlight those places in our life. That's why we read our Bible. We also need others to show us those things in our own life. And we need mentors who are able to do that. Um, because we all have this. It's not a they struggle with it. It's where is this in my life? Um, cool. And so what do we do with control? Um, what, what does scripture tell us? And so right now, um, what I want you to do is I want you to turn this guy over. You're going to take a couple minutes and you're going to read... This is one of my favorite passages. It's Matthew 6. And it's, it's Jesus talking about this idea of control. Um, and then we're going to be getting in um, some groups and having some discussions. So if you have a pen that you want to circle and underline, um, this is why are we doing this? I really want also to give you a chance to read Scripture and practice reading it. Um, so take a couple minutes. Read Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Go for it.
All right, so um, we got like 12 minutes, and we're going to use that to break out in here. So we got 10 leaders, so those leaders are going to split out around, and you're going to get into groups of five. Here's the encouragement, and um, some of you are going to try to control this and manage this, and you're going to try to sit with your friend and sit with someone who, like, come on, guys, let, let's try to sit with people we have not yet talked to, maybe take a risk, because people who take risks um, are followers of Jesus, and people who don't value control over kingdom. Anyways, so let's, um, let's just kind of make that a practical application. So I'm not going to tell you any specific rules. I'm just going to say split into groups of five and then try to stay with people that maybe you haven't talked to um, or you don't know very well. Uh, so get around a leader. Let's break out and go. And then you're going to talk about those questions on the sheet. If your group has extra space, raise your hand. They have extra space over there. Naya's group has extra space. Maybe two of you go there. Uh, Chris, do you want to come here? Uh, oh, wait, no, Chris, go up there. Sean, you can go up there with those guys. All right, sweet. Um, anyone else need a group? Adam is available. All right, go for it. Yes, him. Um, so what stood out to you from that scripture? For me, it was the last one, six, Matthew 6, 34, which says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And because, like, I usually stress a lot about, um, like, important events, like weeks to come or days to come. So that stood out to me, like, I shouldn't worry about stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm always kind of worrying about like what's gonna happen. I don't really pay attention to like what's happening right now. It's kind of like, oh, I'm doing that tomorrow. Yeah. So, but part part of that is a positive thing. Like you have to think about tomorrow, right? Um, so how do you know when that gets unhealthy? Like how do you know when you're uh huh. Because like our body produces like a, like adrenaline and like a good type of anxiety, if that anxiety is going to lead you to be more productive. But at the moment that anxiety like crushes you and like you feel the weight of it and it's not helping you drive forward, that's that's where you know it's bad. You have little faith you are like worrying about where you're gonna eat, or if you ask like, oh, what am I gonna eat right now? What am I gonna wear right now? Like, I mean, it seems kind of like reasonable. Yeah. You say that you have little faith, but just think about like, what we're gonna eat. Maybe I'm taking it too literally. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like there's. Uh, you're saying that like we need to care for like, we need to know, make sure we have food. 
right? So there's a tension here between like, you need to plan and be responsible, but not have worry and anxiety. Okay, it's more like not overthinking it. Yeah, okay. kind of what it sounds, I don't know. Is that what you guys saw? Uh, I think the verse that stood out to me was verse 33 where it says, but seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be given to you as well. And I thought that kind of just stood out to me because um, like kind of just reminding me to think, uh, seek God first instead of like other like daily things I worry about. Yeah. So like summer assignments and stuff that's going on like that. Mm -hmm. It also kind of just reminded me that God's a providing God. Mm -hmm. he's, he's our provider and our protector too. Yep. Because I tend to be usually really busy. I have to pre-plan like a lot of the stuff I do just to know what I have ahead of time. And sometimes that goes like even further than I'm just kind of planning everything. And then when I read this, it just kind of like reminded me that like you know like that God is there. He's taking care of me. He's watching over me. And that there's, even though it's good to pre-plan, it's not good for everything. There's like, um, what's it called? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can only do so much until it starts to become bad for you. Yeah. And it's just nice to know that there's someone watching over you who's taking care of you. That you need to do. And that there's actually really no need for it, but you still do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good that you recognize the, like the tension there. Like planning is good, but also like God has a plan, you know? Yeah, I feel like like how do you how do you remind yourself of that? Cause I feel like that's so easy to. Yeah, it was kind of a question. I, I mean, now like when I do things that potentially harmful to me, I kind of like do it without, I mean, like worrying and overthinking about what's going to happen because I know like, I mean, something happens and yeah. it happens. I mean, you're not going to be able to change the outcome. Yeah. It's kind of like, instead of just worrying about it, like if you're doing something fun, but there's like potential of like something bad happening, don't just worry yeah. about that the entire time. Enjoy it in the moment. Yeah. Something happens in your house. Yeah. Kind of stupid, yeah. It's not stupid. Are there any other things that you guys were thinking about, like, that you tend to try to control? Or how that looks in your life? I feel like I try to be a people pleaser sometimes. Uh -huh. like I try to, I try, or I try to make sure, not, not necessarily people pleaser, but like, I mean in a way, kind of, but like I just kind of make, I want to try to, like, make sure everything's going alright. Uh huh. Like if you know what I mean. Yeah. So there's like a light side to that, right? Yeah. Like, what what what's the good thing about that? Everybody's happy, and like everybody, or. Yeah, like the Bible calls us to serve people yeah. and love people uh -huh. and make, I mean, like, you know, make people happy, mm -hmm. right? When does that turn dark? I 
think when that starts to take over God's place. So when I start thinking about that too much and I start doing that more, then I start focusing on God and like God's plans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or when you're more when you're more concerned with pleasing people than pleasing God. Yeah. Because if you want everybody to be happy, you're kind of gonna have to be a different person everywhere you go. Because different people want different tailors, right? Yeah. You know, and if you're always making people happy, that probably means you're just saying yes to everything they're doing. Yeah. You know. I kind of focus more on like what my parents want than anything. Uh huh. Usually that will come up first. Like, I'm always thinking like, oh, my parents can be happy about this. Or, yeah. I mean, how can I make my parents happier? Yeah. It doesn't work out. In the but, I mean, yeah. It's usually what I'm thinking about. Yeah. I like the the line that Taylor had, the seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's like, if you worship God, and like if you just like make that most important, everything else will kind of fall into place, you know? I also love the honesty about this. It's like, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's kind of like the Bible is saying, like, today could suck. Like, today's going to be hard. It's like being honest, you know? Do you ever feel like control seeps into, like, your relationships with other people? Because you can't control other people, right? Yeah. Um, like, I was thinking, like, one example that I didn't put up there, but, like, like being, like, unforgiving of someone is kind of like you're trying to control the situation to make them feel bad. You know, like, yeah. you're trying, like, you, but really you have no control. Like, you can't make them feel bad or say they're sorry. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys feel like that happens where, like, you, you get frustrated because you can't control other people? Yeah, because you realize it's not helping anything. Yeah. So what's the opposite of control? Giving up to God, not worrying about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why is humble, like, why is humility, how does that connect? I, I know what you're saying, but... Whether or not they accept it, 
Yeah, yeah. I see that. <laughs> All right. Should we shut this thing down? All right, team, uh, we're going to close out. And um, so uh, here's what we're going to do. Um, so uh, a lot of you guys were uncovering the tension of like, we're supposed to have responsibility, and like God has given us things we're supposed to do, and, and we can't just like sit on the couch and like, we can't just say, let go and let God, you know, with my APs, right? Like there's, you know. Um, <laughs> That's, the Bible has that tension, right? Where it's like, no, you need to plan. You need to have that. But you also need to hold those plans loosely. And you need to be able to, um, to surrender. So, um, yeah, this week I just invite you. You have a choice to choose surrender to God or control in every situation. You know, even like you might have a relationship right now where you feel like you're holding on to bitterness. And, and you know, you're, you're trying to, it's like we're trying to basically make the other person feel bad for something that, that we can't control. Um, Maybe unforgiveness could be how you're trying to control things. Um, whatever it is, like in our relationships, in our life, we're trying to hold on to control. Um, but really, we will experience like fuller life if we let go and choose, choose to surrender. It's an active thing. I don't just like letting go. It's choosing to put the control in someone else's hands. Who is God? Who is in control? Who is sovereign? Um, and so we can trust him. He created us. He cares for the lilies of the field. He's going to care for us. So um, we can trust that. So let's pray. So God, we, we thank you that you are, that you do have this, this grand plan for our story. You have a grand plan for all of history and that you are ultimately in control and that you're working everything for our good. And our good is that we would become more like you, Jesus. Our good isn't that we get what we want. Our good isn't that everybody's always happy with us. Our good isn't that we always are in control. Because often if we were in control and got things our own way, we would botch it like every time. And so we thank you, and we trust you, and we choose to place our trust in you in each moment. So we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Our team, well, we'll see you on Wednesday at the Sparks. Invite somebody who needs this community. Invite a friend. See you Wednesday at 630. Yeah, so where are the shirts? Are they in your office? You want to go and grab them? Yeah, I'm going to go get them. I'll be right back. Hey! I've been, I've been... Got on vacation? Uh, oh, well. How's it going? It's going good. It goes from three to seven. So I'm like... Yeah? I'm like... Okay. I'm like You're looking good. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm like... Working out a lot. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, it's four hour practice. So I'm you staying hydrated? Yeah. Yeah. It's hot. It's like, yeah. It's a lot of water. More water yeah. than you think. Every, everybody's like, shirts Electrolytes. Like, yeah, yeah. You need to... Yeah. I bring yeah. a I bring a full like container of electrolyte water. Good, good. Um, you think it hasn't been too hot, which is good. No, but I think the hottest day we had it was like 90 degrees outside. It's not too bad. It's been bad. Um, but I haven't been able to make it to Wednesday. I'll see you in a week. I, I will see you. Uh, I'll be up there. I'm leaving worship at Lakeview. Oh, sick. So I'll see you.
but I haven't been able to like make it and it sucks. Yeah.